going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say... You really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Now Bowles. And it's Tony Adams put through by Steve Bowles. Would you believe it? That sums it all up. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal Podcast. And I've got Damien Harris with me this morning. How are you, D? Hey, very good. Thank you very much for asking. Yeah, yeah not yeah, too bad. Not too Optimistic, bad. full of, you know, the joys of spring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Papula is there. Hey. Hello, mate. How, How are you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, I've actually. I've been for um, a while. Has been a while. I was late out of bed today. I had my jab, had my jab this week. Oh. Have you? Yeah, yeah. What brand did um, you get? Oh, bougie over here. We went. We, we went Pfizer. Pfizer. Yeah. So, um, and I think I should have had it earlier on, but then all those years of lying about my age caught up with me, so I was a bit further down. <laughs> I was a bit. Twenty-four-year-olds <laughs> aren't uh, eligible <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's when I saw Obafemi Martins in the queue as well that I realised that um, <laughs> that we've both been caught out. But um, yeah, um, good to be here again. Obafemi Martins, did he lie about his age? Is that just well, a no, general Nigeria joke? It was just a general Nigeria <laughs> joke. It was always up. It was always up. It, it was always up for when he burst onto the scene as a as a as a seventeen year old. Was it into Milan or was he in Russia first? When did he start? I feel uh, like it was into Milan. Yes, um, but he was. Let's just say he was. Um, Let's just say he was the biggest at school. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What about Ibuwe? Like- well, Ibuwe turned up age 21 with the thickest moustache you've ever seen. <laughs> right. In life. It's been like someone who we sit with, who I went to school with, um, Bradley. Bradley's been the same height and build since he was about 12, which made him absolutely lethal right. as a teenage as a teenage kind of footballer and rugby player. Um so maybe I'll be fine with is that, and maybe I'm just giving him a hard time. Maybe. And maybe Carnu is actually a year younger than me as well. No, I don't know how Carnu is, but he's run like an old man since he first signed for Arsenal. <laughs> he it's did. True. My favourite one was when the under seventeen, the Nigeria under seventeens oh, yeah. uh, World Cup squad. <laughs> remember that? They 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 came up with a new way of testing for age. <laughs> Oh, and the, and yeah. sprung it on the Nigerian squad, and fifteen of them got sent home for being too old. <laughs> still, a, still feels like a fix. Yeah. <laughs> what was the method? Was it? Do you I don't remember what the I method think it's was. Something to do with measurement of the wrist or something. Wrist, yeah, yeah. For some I reason, I had. That. 
I was yeah. I was confusing it with trees and going, you cut the wrist off. Cut, you, yeah, cut the hand off count, and have a look in there. You count, you count the rings. <laughs> count the rings in the wrist. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Well, oh, yeah. uh, listener, we are recording on, uh, it's not the morning actually, it's uh, lunchtime on Saturday the 15th of May. Um, no game this weekend for the uh, glorious Arsenal. No FA Cup final this year, feels a bit weird. We normally have one of those. Yeah. So uh, we're kicking around. I'm as, I'm assuming I don't know that our match against Crystal Palace has been pushed into midweek to try and admit fans. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, there are going to be a um, bunch of. Is it how many is it? D is it four thousand? Does that, does that feel right? I think it's something like that at Selhurst. Yeah, and uh, then we've got fans at home for the home game against Brighton on. At the weekend as well, but yeah, super super Sunday, so super Sunday. Um, well, um, you call it super Sunday, I call it Saint Totteringham's Day. <laughs> well, it might be, it might, but it might be the day. It could. Oh, nudge above Ryan Mason's Lily Whites. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. How quite... have they come up with this schoolboy coach? How can they... When they sat Mourinho, does he take nine coaches with him? So there's just nobody left yeah. in nobody. the club who's got a badge apart from Ryan Mason. Yeah. My they can't goodness. phone anyone up. They couldn't phone Glenn Hoddle or someone up and say, what are you doing for the next couple of weeks? I'm, surprised, come down and, ha- you know. I'm surprised Harry Redknapp didn't chip up. Maybe yeah. he was at the training ground yeah. calling imagine, David imagine, Levy. Imagine the invoice that he would send <laughs> yeah. to Levy. <laughs> How many games is it? Three? Yeah, five mil. <laughs> plus bonuses and I want a car and uh, use of a house yeah they would have been, he would have got some money back because because um, Mourinho has taken um, the Roma job so he wouldn't have had to wait for massive gardening leave so uh, some of that could have been funneled off to, to Harry Redknapp or, uh, yeah Harry could have but they could have put a come to some arrangement with Harry or somebody anyway Mason's doing the gig uh, and they had a shocking defeat at Leeds, and it's all good fun. That's all we've got to look forward to, really, isn't it? This uh, toying, trying to get above them. We're in ninth. Um, now, we did win a game last week. We, we somehow won, or earlier this week, we somehow managed to beat Chelsea 1-0 at Stamford Bridge, which actually really cheered me up a lot. Just the outcome. Um, double, double, double. <laughs> yeah, we, did, we beat them twice this season and we beat them in the cup final last August. Yeah. So suddenly after all these years of being beaten over the head by the Rubles <laughs> and uh, we just had that one amazing five-goal win, which is now 10 years ago when Robin Van Persie scored a hat-trick. Is it not 10 years ago? Yeah. That's horrendous. It is horrendous. And just go there and get beat every season. Sometimes badly. Oh, um, the, the, was that the um, John Terry slip game? Yes. That was okay. the 5-3, wasn't it? The 5-3, yes, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, I heard but did we have the six, that wasn't the 6-0 Arsenal's Arson's the thousandth game? It was his thousandth yeah, game, that yeah. one. Oh, well, Kieran was... Gibbs got sent off in a case of... Mis- <laughs> yeah, when it should have been the Lenny Oxen. Henry sending off. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been Alex Ray Chamberlain. <laughs> yeah, I heard right. from a Chelsea mate of mine this week, I heard from a Chelsea mate of mine this week who just, who reminded me that it always used to, like we just, we used to beat them for fun, didn't we? Oh, Until- every year. We knocked them out in the FA Cup four years in a row. And then... Um, they, they hated, they were sick of the sight of Arsenal. 
until the money came. And then they knocked us out of the Champions League and that was the day every, oh. all, our lives all changed completely. <laughs> oh. That's the day. Really, if there is a date you can pin it on, <laughs> that is the day when, that, when Makaleli and Lampard and all them came down and we thought, hang on a minute, this, is, who are this? this isn't Chelsea, who's this? Oh. No, we did uh, we did do the double over them that season in the league and go you know that was the invincible season but that that game when Wayne Bridge got in and scored oh, that last minute winner, I can still remember that's where, ties it, that's where it all changed my friends that was the day to yeah. check out a football <laughs> <laughs> put your money in the, the British Basketball League yeah oh that was depressing but I thought. Um, I thought we were good. Um, of course you did, Daniel. You well, I, of course, I, I'm of course looking you, of course for positive. Of course you thought we were good. Go on, tell uh, no, us but what was good. Tell me why. I, I, th- I think <laughs> the fact that we scored early. Scored a goal. We scored a goal. That was good. Well, okay. <laughs> That's one for Conor May. That's one for Conor May. Keep going, Dee. I see the way this is going. <laughs> I can see the looks on your faces. Um, <laughs> if... Yeah, oh. <laughs> we played a defensive game because we? we had scored when we did. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. and yeah. you know, so we didn't have to be so expansive. But I'm just pleased that we you. managed the game well. There you go. There you go. Surely even you two can agree that that was something. Game positive. management. Game management. That we game management and goal scored. Clean early. sheet. Clean, Clean sheet. sheet. Three at the back. Yes. First time for a while he's put three at the back. A return to the way that we beat the good sides last year by not yeah, being good. Yeah, the end of Same last thing. season, the three at the back, low block on the break with Aubameyang, except his powers have seemed to have... Someone's put some kryptonite in his socks or something and he doesn't seem to be half the player he once was. But malaria that was kryptonite. basically it. Yeah, malaria, yeah, it might be it. Saka, <laughs> Saka struggled a little bit on, like, I mean, popping up on the right. Is a bit the bizarre. right back. It's like, it's, <laughs> what is he doing? He's got three right backs on the bench. I mean, honestly, now I just laugh. I see these things. What is he doing now? Why are there are three right backs on the bench? Why has he put Saka there? It's just to accommodate Erdogan. who can't. He must have promised Real Madrid <laughs> as a condition that he'll pick him every week. He must have done because yeah. well, you would never pick Erdogan ahead of Saka. No one who ever would under any circumstances, unless he was playing for Norway. And he got. Um, <laughs> I don't understand. What's this thing about uh, Gabriel and Holding playing together or not playing together normally? Because they obviously did this week, but he's been trying to avoid that because... I don't know. He seems to favour Holding and uh, Mari or Marie. As all the yes, conversations start that... calling him Marie. Where did that happen? <laughs> I, I didn't know. get that memo about <laughs> Pablo he didn't Marie. Marie. He's called Marie. Yeah. You didn't get a silver bullet in the post along with a microphone saying, say it like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> Martin Tyler. Yeah. Martin, Martin. <laughs> An ominous voice note didn't appear on you. It's money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, bit of a weird one. John for- Champion's left ear in an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a weird one for Kai Havertz um, that they set him up for that. I thought that was ultimate disrespect, Kai Havertz missing that. That shows that they weren't taking us seriously. If we weren't in ninth, if we were challenging, he would have at least put that on target. That was a weird miss, wasn't yeah, it? it? Was he took three one. touches from halfway, three perfect touches where he knocked the ball twice forward and then knocked it further forward, getting himself away from the defender. Perfect touch to set him up for the shot. Pass it in the goal and he spooned it over the bar. It's weird. He just, he just thought, I'll have Martinelli had. showed him how... You should have watched Martinelli, yes. how you break from the halfway line. Yes. 
You thought we'd have another go in, a, in another minute. No, but look, we did. We did defend. We did defend pretty well. Um, Chelsea. Um, I saw today actually. I was reading a Thomas Tuchel interview. He said he's still <laughs> he's still angry about how they um, how they played, how they squandered chances. So um, yeah, fair enough that we. Yeah, he made sh- some remarks afterwards, didn't he? About he changed too many, and there's one particular change he made. He wished he hadn't, and then wouldn't say what it was. And I and I think. Um, I couldn't quite work it out if that was genuine or if it was a psychological masterstroke. Oh, uh, like envelopes in the on his squad. Yeah, so they all hear they all hear the interview and they're all thinking, "Oh, was it me? <laughs> Which one of us was it?" From the no, Brendan Rodgers no. School, the Brendan Rodgers School <laughs> of Brendan Man Management. Or okay. the Alex Ferguson. <laughs> the Alex Ferguson's the one that could actually do it, right? Yeah, use lot to the squad players. Use lot are important. Every single one of you is important to Manchester United, important to me. We need you this season, but one of you is going to let me down. And then walked away. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. But that, I I did think that with Tuchel, I thought, is he doing that for the squad? Is this for his squad to hear? Yeah, I made one change. It was terrible. Kepa's mm. Kepa's going. Kepa's going. All right, mate. I mean, I didn't even occur to me that you're not allowed to handle the back pass. That didn't even occur to me. But obviously, that would have been uh, oh, apparently it, it would have been a free kick on the six yard line. What if it he occurred to Martin Tyler? It. Didn't he? It, Bloody it, hell, if he we hadn't let it scored, go. <laughs> if we hadn't, if we scored. hadn't scored, if Smith throws shot had hit the post and come out. And then they would have had to blow up for handling the back pass. And because it was in the six-yard box, it would have been a, a, a free kick on the six-yard line. I bet you VAR wouldn't have given it as a back pass. Well, common well, sense really? wouldn't have. Yeah, you can believe, I believe anything of VAR, but I think that was yeah. pretty clear cut. Yeah, Kepa Martin Tyler just goal. wouldn't let that go, would he? What? The thing about it being a back pass. Oh, uh, yeah. Kept saying it. Do you reckon with commentators, like, I do, like, I'm not saying it's time yet for Martin Tyler, and I do, and I'm a fan. Really but do you think. Martin Tyler, both of you do. We, it's, which is odd because we love him. We genuinely. Yeah, it's too late now. It's too late now. <laughs> Martin, sorry about these two idiots. They know nothing. Is it a little bit like with commentators in general, I mean, I've just been thinking that this week. Is it a little bit like. Um, just like when your legs go as a player, basically, just suddenly you, you, like, you never get it back. Once, <laughs> oh, it um, but when you get older, you do forget what you what you, what said. you went into the room for. You just said that ten minutes ago. Yeah, I keep saying do the I same need, thing. Do I need a wee again? Do I? <laughs> I think really, I do. It's a really, a really yeah. difficult well, job. I think that's when they when they retire. Is when they can't get through a half of that needing the wee. Yeah, the Clive Chilsley. Yeah. I do. I do think the and its lives have been getting um, progressively. Oh, kind no. of, um, and oh, its lives. It's been a bit I, I, I um, everything is. I do wonder mm-hmm. how it is commentating to an in an empty stadium though. You try and keep up that intensity when it's just completely quiet. Do you reckon they've got the odd. piped in? Do you they don't. Oh, you said that with authority. How did you I know? did, didn't mm. I? Yeah. yeah, so they don't have the piped in. They don't have the piped in noise. So apparently just... not. Oh yeah, I it's... don't suppose that would help really. I mean, I imagine they wear head headsets to hear their co-commentator, don't they? But mm. has anyone got a um any any a, a Brighton ticket? D with your is the it's the Damien Derby on the last day of the season. <laughs> um, yeah, he has got to, but it's given them to me and Keith because he doesn't want to go. 
okay. Game yeah. to MH, did you do? Okay. Yeah, he did. Sorry, sorry. Well, Alan asked. <laughs> I don't do this now. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm, just, I'm just glad we're. I'm just glad. I'm glad we're doing it on air. Uh, cuts the, yeah. Well, what you needed to do to was you needed to get in, get in early, and say if anyone gets a ticket for Brighton and a spare one, give it to me. No, like that, yeah, early, yeah. early doors. No, yeah. don't wait till it's yeah. too late. No, absolutely yeah. right. Or, just, or text them in four yeah. months. If you've got a spare ticket for Brighton, give it to Ty for God's sake. I did text D this morning. I did text D this morning, and in typical. D's fashion, he went, nice to hear from you, dot, dot, <laughs> well, dot, dot, You didn't did say hello. <laughs> oh, it's always like, hello, together. Damien. How have you been friends, you two? <laughs> well, I think about 20 minutes, but no. When did you, when did you 20 odd years. When did you meet? 20 years. Started. You, yeah, you 20, were certainly going to Highbury together and bickering like met, this then. we met in... <laughs> We met in um we met um queuing up for the toilets in Miami in um queuing up for the coke cubicle. Uh, I, I said that it was a toilet, but we were queuing up outside the toilet, and queuing we sort up of we, we, the we, cubicle. <laughs> Hilarious! Just had to both need a, a poo at the same time. Outside a club, outside a club in Miami. Poo? I need a poo as well. Is that funny? Do you support Arsenal and need a poo? <laughs> I feel really chatty as well. Do you feel chatty? Yeah, I always chat to total strangers when I'm queuing for a poo. <laughs> Who's your favourite Arsenal player? I do player? too. When I'm, I, when I'm queuing for a poo, but I queue because I never just stare at the ground, totally ignoring everyone. I chat on. Some of the people I meet when I'm queuing for a poo are friends for life. Particularly if we go in and have a poo together. We've been aware of each other in kind of like Arsenal land and also yeah, in the uh, toilets and nightclubs in, in music. The and we got chatting, and Dee sort of went, "Oh yeah, you should uh, you should come with me sometime." I was like, yeah, no, I'd like that. Yeah, Dee got two tickets in the hope that one day. I have a friend. <laughs> One day I'll be in a queue. You. <laughs> and he, you can't and even. You don't even like him. He's twenty-one years later. <laughs> no, we had nice uh, basically every for about two years. Everyone had been saying, "Oh, you should meet Tayo. You're an Arsenal fan. He's also an obsessive Arsenal fan." So we, uh, yeah, we had been aware of each other. And so it was. Go. It took space in Miami. I think it was. Was it space in Miami? Yeah, Danny, Danny Tanagula playing for fourteen. Hours or something yeah, like that. We were, it was it was hour ten, and we had How to. How do they do that? Those guys. How do they? <laughs> for so long. They have a personal <laughs> toilet. <laughs> that's how they do it if you're thinking about the pooing bit <laughs> or remodium <laughs> a, we've got a podcast about DJ's pooing actually yeah. I don't know how we See? got there actually oh, oh yeah uh, no, how what? long have you been friends oh yeah Brighton tickets I'll get you off the subjects of the fact that I've pinched his Brighton ah uh, well but you've got to assign them to us haven't you yes we, we have to track and trace and yes but maybe by talking about it on this podcast, we'll end up finding ourselves disqualified. Yes, maybe. And then you might um, be in anyway, too. Which is, it, frankly, it's a mixed blessing. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Last time we played Brighton at the Emirates, we got absolutely outplayed by Graham Potter's team. Do you remember? I also remember yes. the because I think there was an opportunity to go, and it's, it is fair that you guys go because um, having endured Burnley at eight o'clock. Was it Burnley, the one 0 against Burnley in um, November yeah, in that yeah. brief moment? Worst day of my life. <laughs> I, remember, I remember you saying said without doubt without any shred they made me sit in the rain 58,000 empty seats undercover <laughs> no you have to sit there no you can't move 
The country's could, gone. Could you not sit in your own? Could you not sit in your own seat? No, you can't sit in your own seat, and you can't sit in any seat other than the one you've been allocated. Even if it's by the corner flag in the pissing rain, you have to sit there and lose to Burnley one 0 and lose to Burnley yeah. for an own goal. Oh, I that was the dark goal. days. Um, it, just to say, in my defence, we I am moving house two when three days out? later. This is, this is the saga of you moving house. You're moving house three days later, so you're missing an Arsenal game because you're moving house three days later. Yeah. Well, you can see how much crap I've got to sort out. Anyway, there you go. Can't get mad around it. (laughs) Uh, Now, gentlemen, a few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted about yourself. Mikhail. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by podcasters and bloggers <laughs> into a permanent public record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about, but now it's football managers in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. And to keep my data private, when I go online, I turn to Express VPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? Well, I did not know that, but I do now. And do you know the worst part is they don't have to tell you that they're buying and selling your data or get your consent. And one of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. Every time you turn on ExpressVPN, you're given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers, which makes it more difficult for third parties to identify and harvest your data. So, if you believe your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash Tuesday and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Tuesday to learn more. When was the last time we beat Brian? Did we actually beat him last time we played? Because I know they had a, we a sign them, over them. Didn't before. we beat them away? Uh, yeah. Earlier this season. We were going to do a quiz, actually, about who we played Have in I the last that couple of weeks. We are going to play who we played in the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Jay's sending a little message here. Yes, we beat them 1-0. Okay. There you go. There you, you to go. get Who scored? Go on. Isn't it weird? I have blo- I've largely blocked out this season. <laughs> you, your memory is quite incredible. Yeah, but not, not Normally. anymore. But yeah, Lacazette, Lacazette, yeah. Saying Lacazette. I still can't remember it. Can you? <laughs> Jay, can you do a drawing of it? <laughs> can you do a drawing of the goal? <laughs> Just sort of a, a few dots where he was. Give a shit about it. I, I mean, I've Arsenal fans all around me in my life were just talking about not going again, giving up the season tickets. What's the point? And, and then, I remember going, the last time I took my kids, I don't know if it's the last time or a recent occasion anyway, we drew 1-1 with Wolves at home. I think it was in the Emery days. And at half-time, my boys, who must have been about eight then, he turned to me and goes, it's boring. And uh, and it was boring. I mean, the, Nuno's teams aren't exactly expansive, are they? But our team was Oh, it was just dreadful. It was just this sort of policy of not really going for it before half time, and the first goal is everything in every match. The first goal changes the whole, you know, and all this bullshit. Just get up, get up the pitch. Sixty thousand people have paid to get in, paid a lot. 
It's it's boring. Stop boring us. What's the point of you know? It is Venga never forgot. It's it's entertainment. Mm. You know, you can be creative and you can do amazing things on a football pitch if you try. Not, but you can't if you're frightened. It was so dull. And part of the excitement for the kids, anyway, being at the ground, but also for us, it's nice to be in a bunch of people going, "Oh yeah, ah," you know, jumping up. They they came to one game and that that bloke behind. I'm so a year without him. Actually, that's the <laughs> one good thing about COVID. <laughs> He talks like that, and he's really with a voice of authority, as if he knows more than anybody else. Play the ball, not the man, Arsenal. No, proper cock. Go to Lords. Why are you sitting in a football ground? How are people like you in here? If you're going to shout things out at Arsenal, at least affect something of a North London accent. Yeah. So, so you fit in with the general race. Winners, winners. Yeah. <laughs> And he was bellowing like this, bellowing his head off with my two kids, aged nine and seven or whatever they were, right in front of him, in the seats in front, the ear-splitting yelling from a (laughs) monumental dickhead. You know who you are if you're listening to this. (laughs) How many times have you wanted to turn around and say, shut up to someone behind you? And that was all that we had, all through the last months of Venga, (laughs) most of the Emery era. People moaning and yelling and moaning. And now, can you imagine how toxic it will be now? It doesn't even bear thinking about. I just, I do still miss, I said it last time I was on, I still do miss our, um, the one lone voice of hilarity who just comes out with the one comment, <laughs> one comment every few weeks. If anyone knows but who the, he is. I have to say, though, you know, terrorist humour is largely gone because the terrorist really gone. And mm. I, the, the saddest thing I read for a while was that if they wanted to put rail seating in at uh, at the Emirates, you know, in other words, have a kind of safe standing area, they couldn't do it because the rake on the lower tier is too shallow. So for that reason, if you stand, you can't get a proper angle, so right. you can't get a proper view. I, I still think it's possible to put it in, and the people who would want to go in there wouldn't give a toss about that. Mm. And I can remember plenty of games standing on the North Bank where I couldn't see the North Bank goal. I could mm. see the clock-in goal, but if you bobbed around a bit, you could just about see the goal. You know, When there was a corner coming in at the North Bank end, it, quite, you couldn't see it all, but you didn't care. You didn't yeah. want to sit down, you know. But that, yeah, the, the, they designed atmosphere out of the Emirates, as you know. They designed a home end out of it. And also, they, by not having a, a kind of cheaper seats for local residence policy um, in that, that part of the ground, they killed the atmosphere. So the terrorist humour of old is gone. Although, having said that, so is most of the anti Semitism. Which is there's, there's, there's been Things a great roundabout. <laughs> yeah. There's been there was quite a lot of stuff recently. Um, like um, Stuart McFarlane, um, who always puts as you'd expect amazing pictures up because that's his job. Um, but just some pictures of the last the last few games, the last games of Highbury, the last days of Highbury, which that anniversary came up recently. Can you remember the last time, the last game that we played in red and white? at high, like the traditional no, ones no I can't it, well, it was, would have been the year before wouldn't it end go, of the okay. 2005 season it ended 7-0 oh really Everton. Everton yeah which makes it the one more year Dennis Bergkamp game doesn't it oh, wasn't that one oh wow yeah. um 
but what a team that was. Yeah, just and I actually found I got them on my fridge. Actually, I got a couple of um, picks. I found some picks of which I think is the last day at Highbury. You with a lot longer hair out, and Keith with a beret on. I think Keith wore a beret on that last. <laughs> <time>. I believe <laughs> he did. I've got I've got those pictures somewhere. <laughs> I seem to remember going to a cup final and Keith unilaterally making the decision that we should all wear berets. He did, didn't he? Right, as if we were a stag party, you know. And uh, and uh, and he got berets, but he couldn't get red ones, I think. So he got us all he got us all pink berets. So we're not. I'm not wearing that. Oh really? Really? Why? Why would a group of men all wear pink? This isn't the, it wasn't the same cup final that he got lost on the Patmore Estate, was it? <laughs> driving, Is that the one going down to Cardiff? Driving around the Patmore Estate, he was furious. Don't no, but I guarantee he'll be listening and he will, next week he will tell us which cup final it was. Yeah. Why? I, I, I I've still got my pink berry somewhere. It's one of the, one of the many yeah. items of Arsenal memorabilia. I think I'm going to set up an, e, an Arsenal eBay account and we can just collectively auction off all of our shit. <laughs> you know, Maybe with, on the first you know, day. Half the money going to Gates Research and half the money going to. Have you still got your oh. Keith? Um, you still got your Keith? You still got your Keith fiftieth birthday T-shirt? I don't know if I've got, I have got that. I can't remember which I one have, I have. Yeah. And that was Everton as well, wasn't it? That was no, Everton. that was Portsmouth. I think was no, that was Portsmouth. Oh, was it? And Everton the yeah. game after Portsmouth in the box. We, on the first uh, day of what the we did, listener, when it was Keith's fiftieth, we got a box and uh, threw a surprise party, and then we all wore T-shirts with things on them that Keith had said. My favourite one was I've got the looks that appeal to both genders. <laughs> <laughs> But this isn't an obituary show for, for El Presidente. <laughs> He's just off this week. Yeah. He's just off this week. Yeah. It's been an absolute mainstay lately. So, yeah, we played uh, We played three at the back with Marie in the middle and Miriam next to him and old Bighorn. Inexplicable selection of Saka at right wing back. Uh, Tierney at left wing back doesn't quite got his form back as he's not fully f- functioning. But I did like, I must say, the, the midfield, which was... El Nenny and Partey with Smith Rowe further forward. Yeah. And I thought they were all three of them had good really good games. Terrific amount of physical effort and endeavour and, and harrying and chasing. That Chelsea team under Tuchel was a hard working outfit. Yeah. And uh you could see Smith Rowe is every bit as good as Mason Mount and you know as an England regular. And some of the things he was doing was just fantastic. You, know? well, you tweeted, um, you tweeted um, that the death row nutmeg. Oh. He nutmegged Thiago Silva, and yeah, I, put, I paused it and took a photo of the screen. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, fifty-five years old. No, I was just about to say how <laughs> old are you? Still getting a kick out of <laughs> shit like that. The child, I'm old enough to be his granddad. It was yeah. tremendous. It was this tremendous, boy. and and it is worth it also for the. Um, it's worth it for the. Uh, Interview the post match interview afterwards. I just, I just, I, just I love his post match interviews. I love everything about him. There's nothing I don't like about him. And I must say that although Jorginho passed back without looking and Kepper was out of his goal, um, it was it was true that they'd made that mistake because Arsenal were harrying them and they mm. were pressing yeah. high and they were and Smith Rowe's a big part of that. Something that Enketia does very well too when he's playing. Um, get after the we beat Liverpool last season at home when they made two errors and then afterwards everyone says, well, you're lucky they made mistakes, but I don't, they, we, that mistake was definitely forced. Mm. But uh, So why, that's been one of the most inconsistent things. That's why when you're trying to look at like what 
Arteta's quote unquote method is, or in many cases isn't, because it was a botched press which gave uh, Villarreal their second goal, wasn't it? Like um, some games we do it properly, and I don't know if it's a personnel thing. Obviously, El Nenny's El Nenny's always been a a hard working kind of presser, but yeah. they got out on the right hand side against us, um, against uh, Villarreal. And I think I remember some of the commentary was uh, some of the analysis at halftime was about that kind of botch press. Is that what we do, or, or do or, on the consistent level? I remember like when we started with um, when we started with Emery, the press was a big part of the first few games, and then that sort of kind of it's, a, it's an well. obsession so it's, with co- modern coaches, isn't it? That winning it high up the pitch. Um, but we, but, but some I games we pers- do it and some games we don't. Personnel's key to it, though, Tio. I really, you know, Smithrow will always do it and and, and El Nenny will always do it. And and Ketty will always do it. Lacazette will do it sometimes. William might do it sometimes. Shaka will do it once or twice. Shaka might do it. They might if they're in the mood. These, right. these senior players who aren't, you know, the reason why you're not being headhunted by Barcelona and Real Madrid like previous Arsenal players are is because you don't do, you're not on it all game, every game. Mm. If you just gave your best, but, you know. Uh, yeah, good example. A nice, uh, I think it, the not selecting El Nene against Villarreal, I think, probably cost us a, the game. We just couldn't get hold of the game in midfield. It's a terrible, disastrous Selection and then in the next match it's completely different personnel and formation again and I really I did think Arteta's post match interview was a bit alarming. Did you see it? Yeah, he was very very angry about something that had been in the press. Yeah, some he felt he'd been misrepresented or misquoted or something in the press, and was ranting about that. And I'm watching it thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about. And there's one thing I can tell him from my life experience. If you start going around saying to people, I'm really pissed off about this thing that was in the paper, all they will say to you is, what thing? I never saw it. You're the only one who cares. (laughs) You're the only one who cares, mate. No one cares, right? If you've got a problem with your squad and worrying about what they think of you and are they hacked off about something that you've said, that's your problem to sort out with them. What's in the papers doesn't matter. The only reason it's there is to sell the paper. As a, uh, but it, 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 it just betrayed a fragility and an anxiety and a nervousness about his relationship with the squad and about the fact that the semi-final had been ballsed up and I, you know, he seemed in a bad place. Really. Well, it did do. I don't know what you thought? It it did met. It did show a fragility. You're 100 percent right there. But he also was misrepresented. Like um, mm. I think Andrew Asplog did a sort of a breakdown of where that mistake may have happened. He answered question. He answered question one after they answered question two, and then obviously the papers knowing what they're doing put it together in a certain way. And it did generate the conversation around Arsenal for a couple of days with him. You're, arguably, he should be less prickly about it. You're 100% right. Um, but, but tell you, I'm someone who Googles Arsenal news daily. I don't know, and finger about the gossip and see what's what daily, and I haven't picked that up. Yeah. He's not, you must never talk about that. Don't, don't, you mustn't show weakness in that way. But if you are weak in that way, you can't help it, right? I mean, he's got a real vulnerability. He's obviously knows it's a mess and he's worried about his future. I was reminded of uh, Rafa Benitez when he did that. Facts. uh, When Ferguson Mm. had obviously, obviously got to him. Yeah. Obviously got to him. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, perhaps I've 
portrayed what I think in what I just said, which is he's worried about his future. And I think, I do sometimes think that Mikel Arteta is worried about Mikel Arteta, mm. what Mikel Arteta is supposed to have said or not said. Mm. And, you know, in the same way that Jose Mourinho let it slip when he went to Manchester United, he says, I want to win the fourth Premier League. <laughs> you think, what, don't you mean the 20th? You're a Manchester <laughs> United team. <laughs> It's yeah. not Jose Mourinho's Premier League titles. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the first three are Roman Abramovich's Premier League titles. You yeah. Know, they, um, you do wonder about, like, um, I mean, he's trying, you, you've got someone, he's a couple of years younger, a couple of years older than the youngest player in his team, and he's trying to impose himself still. And when it's all going, when it's going kind of tits up, I was like saying, we were talking about, um, I reckon he's got a picture in his basement of you know like Dorian Gray style basically there's a really really angry sort of Medusa looking Mikel Arteta in his basement <laughs> as he keeps on trying to look sort of somewhere between super calm and like sort of serial killer calm um, that he has to betray himself that way well I do also think and I don't know what you think about this I was watching the big because match revisited uh, yesterday and uh, I like to watch the big match revisited from time to time. Who's the, commenta- who's the commentators? Brian, Brian Moore. Brian it's, Moore. A, it's the Brian Moore show. And it, what a great interviewer presented. That's the whole thing. I imagine he does the, everything. He almost edits it himself. You know? yeah. uh, a great man, Brian Moore. But the, what's, what I was going to say is I was watching the match between Crystal Palace and Middlesbrough. Terry Cochran was playing for Middlesbrough, who uh, later I saw play a lot for Gillingham when he was towards the end of his career. A, fi- a fiery temperament, shall we say. <laughs> And uh, got involved with someone, I think he kicked Vince Hilaire, actually. You know, everybody kicked Vince Hilaire, of course, in those days. Loved Vince Hilaire. And uh, he got sent off. But as he got sent off, as, uh, Terry Venables is in the dugout, the Palace manager. John Neal was a Middlesbrough manager. No one's on their feet. No, there's no technical area. There's no technical area. Right? There's no... When they asked all... In the old days at Highbury, they had the two goldfish bowls, that they, you know, by the tunnel for the away manager. The away manager sat in there for the game. Yeah. If they got out of there, it was because something out of the ordinary had happened. I mean, probably they were having to break up a fight. <laughs> you know? Or maybe they were standing up because they were making the one substitution you were allowed to make in the game, which for a long time was only if a player was injured. Right? They sat down... There wasn't a massive technical area for the for the actors that the managers and coaches now are to put on a performance for the worldwide viewing audience. How many times have you seen a manager in close up on TV looking up and catching a picture an eye at the corner of his eye himself on a massive jumbotron? They sit down and <laughs> shut up. There's no <laughs> Do you see Ancelotti on his feet yelling and screaming? Yes, do you see you Hodgson do. yelling and screaming? Not much, <laughs> you partly do because they're ancient, but there's very much a thing. His knees have gone. <laughs> his knees have gone. This really is a modern manager thing, that prowling around the technical area, yelling your head off so that everyone can see you. But hasn't this very podcast before sat there and said um, that we haven't had any, like, we haven't had that exhortation from the manager. Well, this is, an in, this is an, it's exactly my point. For a long time, Arsene would sit there and didn't want people getting up and shouting and would put his arm across yeah. Steve Bold <laughs> if he felt like shouting something. And really, it was his philosophy was don't yell at them. They're, they're doing their best and we'll only confuse them and put them off. And it used to, if we were losing at home 
and you look across at the, the where we sit, we sit behind the away technical area, and there's half a dozen coaches and all the subs up, and there's a, there was a feeling of an invading army, and why are we why are we all sitting down quiet and they're all making a racket? Yeah, why can't we get up and do some shouting? We're losing. Why isn't anyone angry on the bench? And we did used to think it helped. And now we have got this. We've had it with the last two managers. Emery and his coaches never shut up through oh, a game. God, yeah. Emery just bouncing around on his haunches, skipping about in his shiny shoes, looking so anxious and animated. And now Teta never shuts up telling him what to do for an hour and a half. Now I long for someone with a, who only says something when they really do think, actually, I've got an important point to make here. So that if they do hear that voice... They're going to think, oh, something must be up. Mm, yeah. Instead of thinking, oh, please, God, shut up. I'm trying to mark him. I'm knackered. I've just run 60 <laughs> yards three times in a minute. Yeah. This guy has beats me every time he's got the ball. No one's helping me. You keep picking that clan in midfield. Shut up. <laughs> you know? Something it's, else. It's micromanagement, isn't it? It's the technical area. And I think they should make the technical area two foot by two foot. <laughs> I think sort of maybe like an it's a knockout thing. And you can you have like one of those big sort of like cotton buds, like giant cotton buds, and you, you're allowed to hit him once a half. I think they should be in a soundproof booth like yeah. Mr. and Mrs. What's that, game, what's that game when you serve as kids where you move around and if you touch the wire, then you get like a little buzz. Basically. Operation. So yeah, maybe we need like have that. maybe like electrocuted if you live if you live electric fence like a like for cattle. You see, if <laughs> if some of these plans have been put forward for the European Super League, I could I could have got behind it. So it means like it's a, around a technical area. It's like it's a knockout means. These things will turn up in the Europa Conference League, which we are so. which we are hurtling towards. <laughs> I tell you who used to like. I tell you who used to like a little turnaround from where we used to sit. Another thing I miss, um, and much as though he used to annoy me, but Frank Lampard was not above. You know, like you know, you think footballers are supposed to rise above it. Frank <laughs> yeah. Lampard used to love a turnaround when they beat us, didn't he? Just oh, on his God, head, yeah. all the abuse he'd get, and then they'd beat us with one of his deflected goals, or if he when his when he was on the bench <laughs> as the manager, and they'd turn around and be like, "Yeah, all right, mate, all right, mate." With a big old kind of smile on his face. He used, I love the fact that he wasn't above it. But on what you were saying about the kind of all the exhortations, Al, again, in this Tuchel interview I was reading this morning, fast, fast developing a huge crush on him because he just seems like a bit of a chap. I quite like him. But he was saying, um, they were talking about what his routine is for, for match days. And he said something which Arsenal fans will recognise. He was like, for a very big game, the more tension there is, the less you feel their heads. <laughs> And the less you try new ideas. And I immediately thought of a false nine in yeah. a sem in a semi final. In a semi final. The bigger the game, the more tension there is. Tell them less. Mm -hmm. Confuse. I remember, really remember, I'm sure I've talked about this on here before, going to Villa Park in ninety eight for the cup semi final against Wolves. And uh, Wolves hadn't had a really good cut run for a few years and their fans were bang up for it. Um big support at Villa Park and there were uh, black and gold balloons everywhere all over the pitch all around the place and uh, obviously a huge Arsenal support as well but we were thinking wow they're really up for this big atmosphere it's a great great ground Villa Park Arsenal come out Wenger's walking as if he's got 40 minutes to get to the dugout there's no the players saunter out. There's no one's got their fists clenched. No one's yelling at one another. No one's turning to us and it's like, come on, and none of that. They're just ambling out. 
like it's early morning practice, like the the actual games tomorrow. And I was thinking, oh, this is worrying. They don't look up for this at all. But it's everything about Wenger was counterintuitive. So, like you were saying with Tuchel there, this this is a time when I really need to exude more calm than ever. I have to be ultra calm mm. because they cannot play the way I want them to play, the way they play best, these players, if they're tense. They need to be relaxed. There needs to be flowing, cohesive football. In the end, the victory was effortless. And would you and say... In fact, he probably thought, thank God they're all hyped up and pumped up like lunatics. This makes our job easier. Yeah. You know? And would you say that it was... A, obviously, it's a lot easier with the better players. So is there is the counter-argument that you need to... These instructions need to be a lot tighter or more stringent because it's a system that's going to win rather than players because we don't have the players, just as an argument. I don't know about that. I think what, what he had was a pattern of how to play football. We knew how he wanted to play. They all knew how they wanted to play. The thing I really remember... With Vieira and Anelka and Bergkamp. With, with, when we had a free kick in midfield, um, if, if someone tripped Vieira, he would put his hand on the ball not wait for anyone to go back 10 yards, not wait for Tony Adams to stand in the opposition centre penalty spot and chip it into him. He'd put his hand in the ball and just pass it to the nearest Arsenal player two yards away and get going again. Yeah. Was, not allow the rhythm to be broken up. And if you watch old clips, which I do do because I, when I try and line up uh, commentaries for Spot the Commentary, what you notice, particularly about the 0405 period, is the speed at which we move the football around the pitch. It's ping, 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 ping. Yeah. It's everything happens so quickly and continued to do so when he brought Santi Cazorla into the side and Fabregas, Fabregas, get, give, get, give, get, give. It's the, the ponderous, slow, have a look, go back, have a look, go back. That, that drives us mad. That would, Wenger would have kittens. That would get him in the technical area. If he saw someone looking up, nothing really on, turn around, go backwards. The forwards are thinking, he's not going to pass it anyway, so what's the point of making a run? And the game just dies. I've just got this image in my head mm. of uh, this Guardiola side against that 98 Wenger side and just Fernandino doing his systematic fouling on the halfway line <laughs> <laughs> and Vieira taking it really quick. Like, I could just see like a set piece where like Vieira tries to take it, like puts a hand on the ball and take it two-yard pass. For only for Fernandinho to break it up again, so the, the the game the game not leaving the halfway circle, yeah. the halfway line while the two of them systematic fouls. Hey, look, that. Fernandinho is a great player, lovely player, but uh, massive. Dennis trip. Dennis would leave a foot in on Fernandinho after five minutes, <laughs> and that would be the end of and it. And Patrick would hit him so hard, yeah, he would really struggle. <laughs> These those two players, Vieira and Burkamp, good enough for any football team that's ever played the game, and <laughs> including yes. this current Man City side. Um, yeah. I you did ask us um, this week. We were wondering about like Mikel Arteta's uh, music choices. <laughs> I did say to these two lads uh, working as they have done for many years in the music industry. <laughs> It's a bit of a void on the football front this weekend. Why don't you come up with De Michael Arteta's Desert Island Discs? And do you know what? <laughs> they th I think they have. <laughs> well, no, interestingly, 
<laughs> or did it just lead to the two of you falling out? Are <laughs> <laughs> relationships strong enough to uh, to get over to not Island Nice. So you couldn't agree on the choices. Well, nice you not to just do three we, each. Nice we to both? hear. Nice to hear from you. <laughs> dot, dot, oh, dot. hello, stranger. Who's this? <laughs> Does anyone Sorry. know any tickets for Brighton? Oh, <laughs> I see. They've gone, have they? Sorry, new phone. Who who dis? <laughs> <laughs> I used to know someone called. Yeah. Um, and then have you made any choices? Well, interesting. We Mikel's both had, Desert Island disc. We approached it very differently. Okay. Because Tayo went for Thursday, fifteenth of April. Hello, dear. <laughs> <laughs> No response. Okay, until today. All right, fair enough. Come on. Hello. Lads, lads. Anyway, lads. sorry, Karen. Um, what did Come you go on. for, Dean? Well, no, you you went for... Will someone say a song? <laughs> Sun- Sunday 4th of April. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing this now? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, um, yeah. 2013, nothing. <laughs> um, I've got, uh, well... The, uh, shaggy, it wasn't me. In terms of um, <laughs> some of the nice. s- some of the way he kind of deflects the uh, deflects the attention. Good, good shout, D. Have you got one? Well, no, I, I went for more just to sort of the personality behind Mikel Arteta. T-, uh-huh. T just sort of went for song titles that reflect where we are as a club and where his management <laughs> career is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the other one you went for, T? Well, um, I I reckon he's you're going to miss me when I'm gone. Yeah. By t- Turntable orchestra, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. I thought that would be a big one for him. Uh, I did um, a, fr- a friend of the pod, friend of me and D's, uh, Sean Roberts, came up with a perna, which is "Right Place, Wrong Time" by Dr. John. So uh, yeah, very good. Out, be in there good. Well. These are good. D, you're reticent about yours. Well, I don't. I, absolute I didn't... classic fence sitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you're noticing. Are oh, you? Yeah. The shiny top of your fence. Um... Genesis into deep. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, very good. Oh, oh. You see, I went more for, I reckon yeah, he's... Uh, say one, say one. Dude. Shakira. On. When he wants to let his hair down, he likes a bit of Shakira. But I don't You're saying he, his hips don't lie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, when Mrs Arteta like has her friends round and she has a bit of a Oh, disco, you think he actually likes the music of Shakira? I don't think he likes any music. I think he probably heard something at a training... Um, uh, you know, things, some something really intense. I think um, Spanish like, pipe dream. There's a song called Julio Iglesias. <laughs> I think he likes really intense Spanish guitar music, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he likes. Do you think? Do you think? I mean, it is twenty years. Um, well, it's a bit more than that. But do you think it, um, he's ready for the big beat revival? Uh, no. Have you? Think- have, have you in your travels around the globe? Uh, with your box of CDs. Have you played in the Basque country at all? Yes. You have? I don't yes. think I ever did. No, I would have tried to get a Bilbao game in there somewhere along the line, if um, Athletic Co game. Well, is Barca- are we counting Barcelona? No. No, okay. Uh, Catalonia, my friend. Yeah, no, oh, played, yes, played, okay. in Bar- played in Barcelona. I am what? Thomas Partey, my friend. Um, but I also reckon um, uh, I mean, Sean Roberts did also suggest like his luxury item would be a plan as well, which I thought was a bit, which I thought was a harsh, luxury item would be harsh, a technical harsh, area. Harsh, harsh, <laughs> harsh, <but fair. laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Oh, dear. Okay, I'm going to do you some spot the commentaries. Are you ready? You always. Are you ready? <laughs> Arsenal really haven't got into gear yet, but now they might with Merson. Real chance for him and a goal. Arsenal, fast attack, and Merson's finish was clinical. Steve Koppel, honest enough to admit in the Palace uh, newspaper, blame me for everything that's wrong, he says. <laughs> Left Paul that on to give you a clue. Crystal Palace. <laughs> 1987? Crystal. No, 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 later than that. Mercy against Palace. Yeah. 91. No. I can only remember one Paul Merson goal at this very moment in time, and it's the one that I only ever remember the one he scored against Leeds in the FA Cup. Oh, really? Well, this one he ran through and spanked it with the outside of his right foot and they should just play it to Kai Havertz (laughs) because if you want to see how to finish a one-on-one, watch Paul Merson against Crystal Palace at Sellers Park in the 1992-93 season. That was close. Just a pass through the middle, he just runs onto it, three strides, bash. Yeah. (laughs) Just leathered it. Uh, Death Row's little outside of the uh, right foot pass. Beautiful. It's all Merce, isn't it? Was Just beautiful. Very, very nice. I might, have to, I might have to go down and pull Merce and Wormhard, actually. I used to love him. can't remember. Merce's chips. Look out for his chip against uh, Sheffield Wednesday when we hit seven. He could get the ball in the corner of the box and float it over the keeper into the far side. Mm. Okay, hang on a minute. I'm going to find you another one. A Dennis Bergkamp goal came up this week, <clears throat> which is one that I barely remembered. I'm sure you did, D. It was a, it was a dark, I think it was against Derby, where he's running away from goal in the box, but then still manages to put a sand wedge over the keeper's head. It's an amazing goal. Yeah, not even the in the opposite corner. Yeah, not even in the way you said that, D is like, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. did you not remember if that? You, uh, if you watch <clears throat> the DVD of Dennis Bergkamp's Arsenal goals, of which there are 120, you, 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 if you thought he was good before you watched it, just watch those goals. Every single, I promise you, every single goal he scored for Arsenal, he picked the square of the net he was aiming for. Every single one is so elegantly side-footed, placed if he's driving it it's hit with colossal force into exactly the spot he wanted it to go every single goal is stylish and elegant just this remarkable a re- just a truly remarkable human being and he made two holes in Danny Mills ankle that's the afternoon sorted <laughs> <clears throat> this is birthday last week did you celebrate it do you? always okay you ready for this one <laughs> Lines it up now for Reyes. And the breakthrough happens for Dennis Bergkamp. They found the telling ball at last. Edu finding Thierry Henry. From that side again, it's Hall who clears. Now Reyes. Sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, what a superb strike that was from Reyes.
of Lauren. Now Vieira. This is Burkamp. Thierry Henry steers it through for Vieira! And he can walk it in! That is, that's, that's Tottenham. That last one's Tottenham, isn't it? No, those are the first four goals in, in a 5-1 win against... Chelsea? No. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, of course, no. Steve. There's the theme. Uh, I played them all because they're all such great goals. And and um, it's the 2004-05 season where we lost the title... Uh, and the double yeah. to Abram- Roman Abramovich. I mean, <laughs> really, we should have had. We should have had. Yeah, three doubles max. in a row. We <clears throat> we should have just won three doubles in a row, and we blew we blew two titles and oh. and didn't and didn't manage it. But anyway, we <clears throat> we ended up with uh, two FA Cups and one title between two thousand and three and two thousand and five. Arsenal were out of this world. Just these- so, so good. The goals, the, everything that Henri does in those clips, everything that Burkamp does. Reyes was sensational in that game. Yeah. Mm. And it wasn't even sunny that day. He could do it. Under a grey sky. He scored that yeah. amazing goal. That was against Chelsea, wasn't it? The, the that was the goal FA against Cup. Chelsea in the cut where he screamed one in Pile the top drive. corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're talking about those doubles. Whenever I do think about the one that we blew, um, <clears throat> another stage um, of our relationship, dear. We were in Paris together for that Keown, the Keown Bolton one, weren't we? Remember? Yes, yes. Um, At the old alliance, we went two 0 up. And you were having your gap year in Paris about twenty five years later than. Most people take cat views. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the old alliance, which is where Stan Collymore hit Ulrika Jonsson. Oh, is that the... Is that... Yeah. It's the oh, best of the weird. I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see yeah. the plaque. I was going to say... <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> didn't see the blue plaque outside, so I'll, 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 I'll believe you. But yeah, what... Uh, um, I'm... You have to, you have to live in that. But someone goes to me, "Oh, you like always living in the past." It's because like, the past was a brilliant place when we were really yeah. good at football. Yeah, we were when really the present, good. when the present is a little bit. Painful. The um, did you see? Now I know this is the sort of thing that you usually would hate, Al. Mm. Um, the interview with um, Smith Rowe and Saka, uh, and then I think it's sort of based around the new kit. Uh, and it's about three minute interview with the two of them talking and they sort of interviewing each other and they're talking about what their first times first you know first training sessions first time they got asked to train with the first team no it's no, not the sort of thing you no, would no. hunt down it's really not. worth it's, it's on the club website is it uh, it was one of their tweets. It's probably in association with Adidas or something like that. <laughs> on, uh, it's actually really, really good. And they talk about those times and their memories and how everywhere around the club are those memories of Burkamp, Perez, Vieira. Yeah. It's interesting. And they want to have their own uh, yeah, and they pictures on cre- the wall. Create those memories. Yes. Which I'm sure they will. I mean, I've no doubt they will. Anyone else from that? Anyone else from Holland FC going to make it for you? 
Joe Willock's still knocking them in all over the place. Don't them, stop. They've just got them off. <laughs> a tie-o. Oh, yeah, why said. don't do it to me? <laughs> don't say <don't. laughs> You know. <laughs> this is an absolute red flag, T, what you've done there. Wow. Right. Why wanted, did, we was, wanted we was going, going so well. He was, he was yeah. reminiscing. He was we reminiscing. reminiscing. Let me reminisce. Don't wind team. me up. If this arsehole sells some of these kids, <laughs> but they, someone should burn the ground down and it might be me. But I honestly don't. Let's go back to the past. Don't get me started. <laughs> okay, here we go. Thoughts for concern for Crystal Palace. Pepe tries again. It's a bit better this time too. And it drops here for Socrates. And Arsenal have an early lead. And that should settle them down nicely. Two thousand and eighteen. No. <laughs> <laughs> 2019. Uh, it was a momentous afternoon at the Emirates. Uh, can you have a stab at the opponents? They were mentioned. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Socrates scored after seven minutes. We scored again two minutes later. Do you remember it? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we're the uh, David ones. Louise put us 2 0 up after nine minutes. Uh, this was towards the end of Unai Emery's reign. And, of course, the team at that time, it felt as though they were drilled to go into a certain set of behaviours when they had established a 2-0 lead. It's so not, they did that. It's not that. It's not the um, It's not the Zaha. Um, Zaha got booked for diving. It's not the Kishel. Is it the one? It's the Granite Gwan- Jacker. Oh, my God, yes. It's the Granite Jacker substitution. Uh, when oh. when things were really dark and uh, Unai Emery yeah. lost his job not long after that, uh, but we had a 2-0 lead. And if you watch those highlights on the YouTube, you'll see us go too early and then we don't really go to try and get three and four. We then go into some game management with virtually an hour and a half to go. And, of course, it concede twice and draw. Yeah, And then we should, though, we should have had another goal, but it was wrongly cancelled out. It was a VAR balls up first of many. But what's most interesting about, if you see the Granite Xhaka thing now, we were so focused on Xhaka, everyone was booing him. He threw the armband in the mud rather than give it to somebody, you know. Uh, he took his shirt off as he got to the touchline. Uh, the rage uh, all oh. around. And no one really was noticing Unai Emery. And Emery goes over and kind of pats him on the shoulder. It's a consolatory and he brought on Bukayo Saka in his place, wearing a 77 shirt. And of all the people that it was disrespectful to from Xhaka, uh, his own ego ran riot, um, it was Emery. He didn't give a shit about Emery. It's so disrespectful to the manager. The, the board's up, the manager wants you off, he's going to put someone else on. This is about the manager's decision, it's about... He made it all about him and then went into a load of tweets and publics messaging about how, you know, social media bullshit bollocks. Get off it if you don't like it. Get off it. You don't have to be on it. And and they obviously didn't care about Emery. They weren't playing for him. And now you see him with a highly motivated Villarreal team in the Europa League final. I know the language was a problem, really a big problem for him, I think. But the lack of respect, it was marked, you know. He just strode past Emery. 
as as if he hated him. He was all concerned about himself. It was a really, really, really dark, it was a horrible day. Oh, hideous. And I, and I think actually, in a way, it's probably quite good there haven't been fans in this season because these home defeats mm. we've had, maybe we wouldn't have had so many, I don't know. It's the moment he reached for the, um, I do remember that day, you remember the Emery bit, I just remember you were quite, it's the moment that he reached for the armband and the shirt. When he took his shirt off, we looked like he was going to throw it on the floor, and that's when I lost my rag completely, as did everyone around us. But none of us were thinking about Emery. It's only when you see it again all this time, a year and a half later, whatever it is, you think, oh, wow, God, that was so disrespectful to his manager. And there he is still being being an important cog in this team, and that in itself is an issue. And it was disrespectful to Bukayo Saka too. You're the captain. You're not having a good day. You're being subbed. There's an 18-year-old boy coming on in your place. You're, it's on you to say to him, you know, don't be afraid, go for it, show you what you can do, this is your chance, you know, whatever you might say to an 18-year-old boy as you're passing him. And, and Saka puts his hand out to kind of do the hand slap and he really belts Saka's hand. Mm. And I thought, what is wrong with this bloke? I was thinking was, about... Um, oh, it doesn't get any better on second no, view a year and a half later. Saka, I mean, and, Saka and Emery... Was the coming of age of Saka, if I've got it right, I don't know why the name sticks in my a game stick. It was a Europa League game against maybe a German opposition away from home. That he had a had brilliant a blinder, ga- a game a against uh, Standard Liège. Liège, right, OK. Uh, it's a game that, that, was it. that, uh, that we went to, to remember? And he, he put in an incredible cross that hit Lacazette hard on the head. <laughs> Just hit him. From, to swerved it in and hit him on the head and it flew in the net and that got us back to 2-1 and then he cut in from the left I think it was Martinelli he played a 1-2 with and curled one with his right foot into the corner and not for the first time he thought these two moments of football genius are so re- reminiscent of Lionel Messi that we really have got someone here and, uh, I mean this, you know. I guess my point is that the Europa League brought these guys on Really, and Emery Forst gave them. He played against. They Emery that gave them. Debut. Emery gave them their chance. Yes, so. I think that's true. The Europa League has been really big of uh, helping. You know, I think about Smith Rowe as well, and also Joe Willett scoring goals in the Europa League and getting opportunities. Balogun getting opportunities and scoring goals in the Europa League. So, in that respect, if we're in some. Uh, a football combination um, yeah. <laughs> competition uh, so much so much the better uh, I, 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 there was a tweet by Henry Winter on the other day uh, Henry Winter writes for the Times I was absolutely staggered that he's got 1.2 million Twitter followers I mean that just shocked me to my core a I, I really rolled down um, the cheek of the beautiful the, and the, the tweet is Arsenal full stop Back Arteta, full stop. Uh, what, I don't you mean there's a consonant you've got wrong there? Uh, <laughs> um, build around Smith Roll, superb v hashtag CFC tonight. And Saka Tierney, Partey, Martinelli, strengthen in the summer, shed the likes of Willian. Bellerin, Guendouzi, Torreira, Kolasinac, Kronker, see the path ahead, accelerate the process, rebuild. I mean, it's 
monumentally pompous as so much of what he does is but why there's some people in, who write who really have got a point uh, bought Sorry, into the no, process no. thing i mean they're just totally bought into it and then announce make an announcement like this buoyed by their massive twitter following that that, that people think that their voice is worth listening to get idiots like me reading it out on our own podcast I mean, I look at that with a, a, a gape. What are you? Who are you to to post something like that completely without humour, or irony, or for no reason at all? And where is the evidence that Arteta's worth backing? And my message would be: Mikel, sort this shit out. Get them. Get a system of playing and back it yourself, or you're going to lose your job. Stop chopping and changing. Stop being timid. Stop reading the papers. <clears throat> Don't walk away from Arsenal whenever the time comes, and it might be sooner than you want, regretting not doing what you wanted to do. Just How do you want a football team to play, Mikael? What's your fantasy football? What's the side that you would pay to see? What do you want to happen on a pitch when your team gets the ball? Do you want them to pass backwards, or do you want to take shots? Do you want shots on goal? Do you want... Do you want Rob Green came down to the Emirates once and that was a showreel. He had 25 saves or something. De Gea once faced from an Arsenal team 33 shots on goal and he saved 32 of them. You know, what do you want your football team to look like, Mikel? What do you want a game of football to be like if you were paying to get in? What do you want to see? Work it out. Work it out in your head and go and execute it. Stop trying to be a coach, stop thinking about tinkering, stop looking at other people. You know enough about football. What do you want your team to be like? And then it will be that. Look at, look at Bielsa. That's what he wants his team to be like. Front foot, everyone making runs, high energy, great talk. Imagine Ellen Road this season. What a tragedy it's been empty. Really, for those Leeds fans who've had 16 years away from the top division, could have been there for this. They'd have even more points they would have more points because Ellen Rowe would be rocking and they'd be up there in the top six. He hasn't worked it out and he's going to leave embittered. It's going to be angry. It wasn't fair. COVID wasn't fair. The press weren't fair. I couldn't get the players in. It's not fair. This thing's going to go right for me. Aubameyang got malaria. It all went wrong. This is, I remember the thing. one of the things, and I know we talk about Wenger a lot, one of the things I really remember about Wenger was if a player was injured or suspended, it was as if they didn't exist. He didn't think about them. Mm. If people said to him, well, you didn't have Vieira today, did you? I had 11. They're in my <laughs> squad. They're my players. We've got good players. He's not here. It doesn't exist. Never an excuse. I'd, really, that's... It wasn't he rendered the lesson, but I really, honestly, if this guy doesn't start deciding what he wants to see in a football pitch and making it happen, he's going to lose his job and regret everything about being here. I think he knows he's not losing his job for a while, though, because um, it fits with what the Cronkies want in terms of we've got a manager in there, hasn't cost a, hasn't cost a load. He hasn't had... Um, any fans, so he's got these. They've got these ready-made excuses. They've got COVID ready for him as an excuse as well for um, <clears throat> dwindling finances. He he's not going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think he's going to have a. We'll see whether they back him this summer. We'll have fans back next season. Um, he's certainly not going anywhere next season. You're probably right. Well, I mean, if if we get to November and we're 
things haven't turned around or aren't that there aren't signs of improvement then which is what pretty much what happened with Unai wasn't it as well also um, if you're a top Premier League club you'd be pretty foolish to not invite uh, Brendan Rodgers for an interview at the moment and you know I don't care who you are I don't care if, you know if it's Manchester United or any you know and Brendan Rodgers isn't going to leave Leicester City. If, if they play the FA Cup final, listener, you know the score by now, but we're four hours from kickoff, And uh, they're very likely in the Champions League, although they face the Champions League playoff effectively, don't they, against Chelsea, because if Liverpool yeah. win their three matches, whoever doesn't win that Chelsea-Leicester game is not qualifying for the Champions League. It's, that, it's mad, it, that, isn't it? It's really mad. Um, but anyway... It's, what can we do? Just talk about I'm, it all the time, don't we? we no, no one knows what's going to happen. I'm hoping that he's going to have a long summer holiday where he can walk intensely on the beach <laughs> listening to Shakira <laughs> and uh, thinking about what it is he wants his team. All these questions from you, I really, I Really, he must, because he's, I just feel so many regrets in his life if he doesn't sort him. I, I, he's so worried about all the wrong things. And he's got to get these. He's got this wonderful, talented bunch of kids, and he just needs to let the uh, the, the phrase recurs, doesn't it? Let well, he's losing off. a he's losing one of his um he's losing one of his uh, generals over this. Like, do you see the David Luiz? He's, he's leaving, is he? He's yeah, leaving. David Luiz is. Yeah. Someone told me that um, Willian wants to leave, and there's, great. No, and, no. Uh, really, we were Keith, joking about. Keith's in a van. We were arguing about which one of us was going to drive him to the airport. Keith, Keith's in a van driving around West London. <laughs> right, sit, big bl- bloke, curly hair, big out here. Players who'd like to kidnap to stop them ever playing for Arsenal again. <laughs> uh, I had a tweet from YZ17 um, at not you Bentley. There's our Twitter feed. Have we got 1.2 uh, million got, We've got 10,000 followers oh, okay. and Henry Winter's got 1.2 million. <laughs> and Gary Neville's got 4.5 million Twitter followers. He's like Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What's going on? I'm really not, you know, I don't really go on it that much, but I, was, I had a look for some reason, well, because someone sent me that. Anyway. Uh, this guy says, you'd have been proud of me yesterday. I'm on a chipping green at Thorndon Park Golf Club. A sprightly Teddy shithouse walks up <laughs> <laughs> and says, where's the practice net, fella? And he said, over there by that sign that says practice net. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, classic freeloading scum. He finishes it with a one-word insult. This is how all the Teddy Sheringham anecdotes traditionally finish. Yeah. It's usually twat or wanker. In this oh, okay. case, it's tool. Yeah, <laughs> Over there, but that sign that says practice next. Tool. <laughs> Do you want a quiz? Yeah. Uh, Emery or Eisenhower? <laughs> <laughs> Don't defend yourself. Don't explain. Don't worry. Emery or Eisenhower? <laughs> it's certainly not. It was Emery. too. It was too co- um, cohesive. Uh, so I'm going Eisenhower. It was Eisenhower in, yeah. in, in a letter to someone called Omar Bradley. I don't know who that is, but that really should be on Mikel Arteta's wall. Don't defend yourself. Don't explain. Don't worry. Decide what you want them to do, Mikel, and just stick with it. Uh, we need to push. We need to have ambition. We need to have desire to improve every day. Unai. Simple words, Unai. 
Unai, uh, before Arsenal beat Cardiff 3-2 away in September 2018. <laughs> I obviously worked. A very motivational man. Uh, by leadership... We mean the art of getting someone else to do something that you want done because he wants to do it. Got I mean, Eisenhower. It's got to be Eisenhower. Eisenhower. It's a great quote, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that is really, these are such good quotes from a football manager. It's getting someone to do something that you want done and that it's because they want to do it that it happens. That Pat- is really football management in a nutshell. Patrick Vieira, a little bit of Vaseline on his thingy, getting it because he <laughs> Vicks, wants to do it. Bit of Vicks. Vicks. <laughs> um, I believe that football, perhaps more than any other sport, tends to instill in men the feeling that victory comes through hard work, team play, self confidence, and an enthusiasm that amounts to dedication. Emery or Eisenhower? I'm going to go Eisenhower. I'm going to go Eisenhower talking about American football. Well, it is Eisenhower from his memoir, At Ease, in 1967. And he didn't know. That's excellent. He didn't know. And what I presume it, presumably it is Gridiron. He's on the boat. <laughs> yeah, um, but another, another marvellous quote from Eisenhower. I do not stop for news when it's not true. I do not stop for news when it's not true. Emery or Eisenhower? I'm going to go Emery. I'm going to go Emery. It's all it's all one syllable English words, so I'm it's, going. Uh, it is Emery. Do you want to have a guess uh, about the player he's talking about? Shaka. Granite Jacker. Mesut Ozil. Oh, oh yeah, I remember Mesut him. Mesut Ozil. That Mesut. he was the fly in the ointment, the the stone yeah. in the shoe of Unai Emery when he really. Couldn't do, get that relationship sorted out. I am hoping, Dido, in your in your new house, you've got you've got Dennis. But could you put the Mesut versus Ludogorets goal on your ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's someone, someone in there that. at the moment doing that's that. Gorgeous, yeah, just it. Yeah. Someone should do that photo. It would be amazing, painted on the ceiling. Oh, Mesut! Just just to someone do a montage of all Mesut's look away passes. Oh. I'm surprised Tayo hasn't already. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's one. My father always said you have to value and respect the responsibility you've been given. I'm feeling I, Emery for that one. I'm going Eisenhower. It's Emery when he was manager of Sevilla in 2015. One of the things a leader occasionally needs is the inspiration he gets from the people he leads. Eisenhower, that's far too... Um, Eisenhower, uh, yeah. He wouldn't yeah. say leader, would he, Emery? Because <laughs> he doesn't know what... I need to learn to smile more. Emery or Eisenhower? <laughs> <laughs> A very intense Unai Emery. Emery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Emery, and uh, we were playing Liverpool the next day, and he was comparing himself to Jurgen Klopp. I need to learn to smile more because, of course, Jürgen always smiles. No matter he smile when he's smiling, you can usually assume that he's furious about a refereeing decision. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, particularly unique Jürgen Klopp smile when you know he's angry. <laughs> uh, and that was before we drew one-one with Liverpool at, uh, at the Emirates. There used to be a man, another manager. I know he used to um, annoy you with his fake, like that kind of fake laugh on the sideline. It's going to come back probably by next pod. Uh, Allardyce Allardyce does a good fake laugh Allardyce's chewing gum the sight of it is so revolting 
<laughs> oh, that's I think that's what sent West Brom down in the end. It's just too, too you can't look at him. I need to continue reading books, and I like to learn about different people in the world, different people with success in and outside of football. Slightly like giving away at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Morale, the will to win, the fighting heart are the honoured hallmarks of the football coach and player. Now bear in mind that you know some of these might be in translation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Emery, but, Emery no. pre, pre-Arsenal Emery. No, I'm going to go for the chapter from his autobiography That's of um, Eisenhower. Eisenhower. He was speaking yeah. at the very first American Football Hall of Fame dinner. In October 1958. Excellent quiz, uh, John. Don't know how to say your surname. Brannis? Brannis. Got a, it's one of these uh, slightly Scandi-looking things where there's an A and an E combined. And I don't know how you say that. But uh, apologies, John Brannis. Brannish? Brannai? Who knows? Uh, we have also been sent in uh, Napoleon or Nasri. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be the winner. I like to change. I like to make history. Nasri or Napoleon? I think that's Nasri. <laughs> it is. It's Samir Nasri after joining Antalya Spor of Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that is sensational. I would have got Napoleon. Uh, uh, the people to fear are not those who disagree with you, but those who disagree with you and are too cowardly to let you know. That That's, could be Nasri as well. Um, Nasri talking about growing up on the streets of Marseille, or is it Napoleon <laughs> <laughs> talking about running a massive army? Annexing Belgium. Uh, I'm going to go Napoleon, but only just. I'm going to go Nasri. Uh, it is Napoleon. Uh, two here now. Uh, one, let the path be open to talent. And the other one is ability is nothing without opportunity. Who said well, that? Well, the second one's definitely Napoleon. Ability, opportunity is one of his famous ones. Um, I'm pretty sure. They're both Napoleon. Yeah. They're both Napoleon. Not everyone in life has a second chance, and I do. That's Napoleon Nasri. or Nasri? <laughs> That's got to be Sammy Nasri when he joined. <laughs> it's ironically, given that he was, you know, of all, it was Napoleon who had the most famous second chance of all, all figures in history. But it, in fact, it was Nasri after joining West Ham in January 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it must be written on the walls there. I'll come for your second chance. Yes. Welcome to Last Chance of Saloon. That's the name of the London Stadium. I've got, I've got one here. A, Go cut, on. a cutlass or a car aerial. <laughs> Any will do. <laughs> Razor Ruddock. Yeah. Uh, if you want a thing done well, do it yourself. Uh, that's the that's Napoleon. That's Napoleon. Yeah. Uh, from time to time, I'm a jerk. <laughs> that is Sammy Nasri. That is Sammy Oh, he's a bit too self-aware for Sammy Nasri. Sammy Nasri when he was playing for Manchester City in 2015. Yeah. Really, uh, and that's uh, that quiz is also supplied by the same... John Brano, so thank you for those marvellous contributions. Well, gentlemen, I might knock this on the air, but I've been going on for ages. Fair I play. thought, oh, we won't have much to talk about this week because uh, there's not much to talk about. 
and here we are. But we managed to, <laughs> he managed to just about head me off from going. I am genuinely fearful about Maitland Niles and Willock and Reese Nelson, all of whom I really like and would love to see playing for Arsenal. I really do fear. I think, oh, well, if yes. you're going to sell them all and you buy some, you know, Thierry Henry, Dennis Burkamp, and Robert Perez, I'll just about be out of cope. But if you bring in Lucas Torreira and you know what, well, you know Nicola Pepe and these yeah. sort of signings, and you let those boys go, you're a damn fool. You are damn fool. Yes, I'm trying. It's like working with um, some very highly explosive thing. <laughs> I just sort of don't know what to say. <laughs> Both me and T are sort of yeah. like. Oh, well, it's funny that that's how you feel because some people in my life think, yeah, let's let's set him off. Uh, name me, <laughs> name me all three of my children. <laughs> just say Reese Nelson. <laughs> Reese Nelson. I, just, I mean, really, and I, I know, I know, it's stupid, but when he put Bakaya Saka at right wing back, right, and he, and all right, fine, and then he yanked him for for Hector, and then Hector got injured, and he yanked him for Jay. If you want to put an attacking, expansive right wing back in, you want to give someone a go there. Pick Reese Nelson there. Just as Tuchel has picked Hudson Odoi in that position um, for Chelsea, yeah. because that is a guy just as uh, Conte did with Victor Moses. If you've got a player who's really diligent, who's really hardworking, gives everything for the shirt, but can dribble and cross and shoot and is fast and can get the opposition, that's a good bet for a right wing back, and that's Reese Nelson. And they're they're uh, you know. Um, so um if you want to meet up uh uh, down the pub after the brighton game uh, oh yeah (laughs) me and keith will tell you what it was like if anyone's got a ticket for god's sake give it to tayo please (laughs) see you later cheers mate cheers